The next bab, bab, fadli mamata lahu waladun fahtasaba. The virtue of the person who mamata lahu waladun. The person whose child dies. Fahtasaba. And then this person, this father or this mother, what do they do? Ihtasaba. He expects reward from Allah. He hopes for reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَالَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ And Allah the Exalted has said, وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ Give good news to those who are patient. The person who is doing sabr, give him good news. And who is the person who is doing sabr? A person who has been struck by some difficulty, by some calamity. And that can also be the death of one's child. حدثنا أبو معمر حدثنا عبد الوارث حدثنا عبد العزيز عن أنس رضي الله عنه قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said ما من الناس من مسلم there is none of the people who is a Muslim meaning no Muslim يتوفى له ثلاث three of his meaning children die لَمْ يَبْلُغُ الْحِنْسَ Who have not reached puberty إِلَّا except أَدْخَلَهُ اللَّهُ الْجَنَّةَ Allah will make him enter paradise. بِفَضْلِ رَحْمَتِهِ إِيَّاهُمْ By virtue of his mercy for them. Meaning, if a person loses three of his minor children, because you see it is said, لَمْ يَبْلُغُ الْحِنْسَ Hints basically means sin. Okay, And what is meant by hints over here is the age when sin matters or sin is counted. And what is that age? Puberty. Because before puberty, if a child does an action which is supposed to be a sin, it will not be written as a sin for him. Isn't it so? So, لم يبلغ الحنسة So, if a person loses three minor children... Then the Prophet ﷺ said that this person will enter Jannah. Because this loss is so huge that Allah will reward this person with Jannah. حدثنا مسلم حدثنا شعبته حدثنا عبد الرحمن بن الأصبهاني عن ذكوان عن أبي سعيد رضي الله عنه أن النساء أبو سعيد said that the women قلنا للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم They said to the Prophet ﷺ اجعل لنا يوما Appoint a day for us. Meaning we want one day from you when there are no other men. We can ask you questions. We can have exclusive time with you. And from this hadith we see that this is actually the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ making special time for the women. And this is why many scholars, they do this that anytime they go and you know teach a class or give a lecture, then sometimes they, they allot a certain time for the sisters only. Sisters Q&A. So the women at the time of the Prophet ﷺ said, اِجْعَلْ لَنَا يَوْمًا فَوَعَضَهُنَّ So in that, the Prophet ﷺ advised them. And part of the advice that he gave, he also said, وَقَالَ أَيُّ مَمْرَأَةٍ Any woman مَاتَ لَهَا ثَلَاثَةٌ مِّنَ الْوَلَدِ Three of her children die. كَانُوا حِجَابًا مِّنَ النَّارِ Then those three children will be a hijab from the fire. What is a hijab? A screen, a barrier. Meaning, 
those children will be like a screen for her from the fire. Meaning, because of those children, because of the death of those children, she will not enter the fire. So, qalati mura'atun, a woman said, wathnan, and two also. Qala wathnan. He said, and also two. And based on this, the ulama say, that even one. Because we hope the best from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The loss of any child is painful. One, two, three is painful. So if he said for two, then even for one, inshaAllah, we hope the same reward. وَقَالَ شَرِيكٌ عَنْ ابْنِ الْأَصْبَهَانِيِّ حَدَّثَنِي أَبُوْ صَالِحٍ عَنْ أَبِي سَعِيدٍ وَأَبِي هُرَيْرَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ قَالَ أَبُوْ هُرَيْرَةَ لَمْ يَبْلُغُ الْحِنْسِ So in this narration also it is said that those children are who? Those who have not reached the age of puberty. حَدَّثَنَا عَلِيٌّ حَدَّثَنَا سُفْيَانٌ قَالَ سَمِعْتُ الزُّهْرِيَّ عَنْ سَعِيدِ بْنِ الْمُسَيِّبِ عَنْ أَبِي هُرَيْرَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ قَالَ The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said لَا يَمُوتُ لِمُسْلِمٍ سَلَاسَةٌ مِنَ الْوَلَدِ No three children die of a Muslim meaning if a Muslim loses three of his children then this person, this Muslim, فَيَلِ جَنَّارَ إِلَّا تَحِلَّةَ الْقَسَمِ He will not enter the fire except for تَحِلَّةَ الْقَسَمِ For the fulfillment of the oath. A Muslim who loses three of his minor children will not enter the fire except for the fulfillment of the oath. What is that fulfillment of the oath? قَالَ أَبُوْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ مَنْ بُخَارِي سَدْ وَإِمْ مِنْكُمْ إِلَّا وَارِدُهَا This is referring to the ayah وَإِمْ مِنْكُمْ إِلَّا وَارِدُهَا which is in Surah Maryam that there is none among you except that he will enter it. In Surah Maryam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَإِمْ مِنْكُمْ إِلَّا وَارِدُهَا there is none among you, meaning every single human being, will warid upon the fire. No exception. كَانَ عَلَىٰ رَبِّكَ حَتْمًا This is upon your Lord a hatm that is maqdiyya. Something inevitable that is decreed. Meaning it, it will happen. Don't doubt this. Every single person will be warid upon the fire. So this is what the tahillatul qasam is referring to. The fulfillment of the oath. This is like an oath that every person will be wadded on the fire. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ثُمَّ نُنَجِّ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْ Then we will save those people who have taqwa وَنَذَرُ الظَّالِمِينَ فِيهَا جِثِيَّ And leave the wrongdoers within it on their knees. Now what is the meaning of wadded over here? Every person will be wadded on the fire. The meaning of wurud, some scholars said that it means dukhul. Dukhul. What does dukhul mean? What does it mean? Entrance. So they said, everyone will be wadded on the fire, meaning everyone will enter the fire. This is a hatam, meaning something final, something that's inevitable, that is maqdiyya, that is decreed, that is definitely going to happen. And the Prophet ﷺ is referring to this as 
fulfillment of an oath. It will happen. Everyone will enter. And then Allah will only bring out who? الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْ Those who feared Him in worldly life. So while they're in the fire, once they enter it, for them the fire will be like it was for Ibrahim salam. Bardan wa salaman. And Allah is over all things capable. And the people will feel the fire according to their sins. Some people will be removed immediately and some will be taken out after some time, depending on their sins. So they said, Warid means dakhil. Everyone will enter it. And other scholars said that Warid means, Wurud over here means, Ubur ala sirat. Crossing the bridge. Meaning everyone will be brought to the fire. So the second interpretation is that everyone will be brought to the fire. Some will fall into the fire and some will cross the bridge. But everyone will be afraid of falling into the fire. So here the Prophet ﷺ said in this hadith that a person who loses, a Muslim who loses three children of his will not enter fire except for the fulfillment of the oath. And this can be understood as he will be admitted, entered, because everyone will be entered and then taken out. Or this can be understood as he will be brought to the fire and then he will cross it. Bi'iznillahi ta'ala. And this is something we really need to think about. Because it's only the people of taqwa that will be taken out of the fire. Who will be made to successfully cross that bridge. And if you think about it, the scholars explained that a person for the righteous, the fire will be like it was for Prophet Ibrahim salam. But we need to think about ourselves. How much do I protect myself from sin today? The way you protect yourself from sin is the way that you will be protected from the fire. Guard yourself from sin today so that tomorrow you'll be guarded against the fire. Save yourself from the fire as much as you want. Bab قول الرجل للمرأة عند القبر إصبري قول الرجل A person saying, a man saying للمرأة to a woman عند القبر near a grave إصبري Be patient. Meaning if a man is passing by a grave and he sees a woman sitting there and crying, can he say to her, be patient? Can he say that to her? Or if you see someone crying profusely at the death of someone, are you allowed to tell them to be patient? Can you give them advice at that time? Yes, you can. In fact, you should. Because this is what the Prophet ﷺ did. حدثنا آدم حدثنا شعبة حدثنا ثابت عن أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه قال مر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بمرأة The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم passed by a woman عند قبر near a grave meaning this woman was by a grave وهي تبكي and she was crying so when he passed by that woman فقال he said اتق الله واصبري Fear Allah and be patient. 
Fear Allah and be patient. Why fear Allah? Why did he tell her to fear Allah at this point, at this occasion? Because when a person is overcome by grief, and they're crying uncontrollably, I mean, when do you cry? If you think about it, when do you cry? Hmm? When can you not hold back your tears and your sobs? You know, in general, we have a sense of composure. Like we can, to some extent, hide our feelings or at least have some control over them. Isn't it? Like for example, you are sad, but every time you're sad, you're not going to start crying. Children do on every little thing. But you as an adult, you don't do that. Isn't it? Even though it hurts, but you don't start crying all the time. Right? You have a level of control over your feelings. Right? How you express your emotion, you have a level of control. But then sometimes that emotion is so strong, right, that you lose control. So even when you're in public, what happens? Those tears, they just start falling. Isn't it? Why? Because that grief or that sadness is just too much to handle. It's just too big. It's like bursting out. You know, like in your heart you have a certain capacity, Right? But if that grief is just exploding, right, it's just coming out, you, you, you have no control over it anymore, so you start crying. So you are, in a way, lacking some level of self-control. Isn't it? Which is why you are crying profusely. So that's not going to manifest just in your tears. It's going to manifest in, in your other behavior also. Which is why you can say something inappropriate, you can do something inappropriate. Like for example, if you're angry at someone, why do you start driving aggressively? Why? What did the car do? Why? Because anger is not just going to come out in the form of yelling. Isn't it? It's going to come out in the form of aggressive driving also. In the form of, you know, banging doors also. In the form of stomping also. It's going to come out. Correct? So, when a person is crying, they're not really fully in control. So the Prophet ﷺ reminded this woman, اِتَّقِلَّهَا Still fear Allah. Be careful. Don't let your emotions drive you. Control yourself. Remember to fear Allah. And do not say anything that Allah does not like, and do not do anything that Allah does not like. And this is what sabr is. So, ittaqillaha wasbiri. Taqwa and sabr go together. Hand in hand. Which is why we see that when the Prophet ﷺ's son died, did he cry? He cried. And the people asked him, that even you cry? How come you're crying? And he said that the heart grieves. Right? You do feel sad. But nothing that displeases our Lord will be said. With the tongue, meaning the tongue will not go on saying anything and everything. So taqwa and sabr go together. Ittaqillaha wasbiri. So the Prophet ﷺ reminded her to fear Allah, be mindful, and be patient also. Remember that any difficulty a person faces, any loss, whether it is the death of a loved one or an object or anything that is important to you, loss 
is a form of difficulty. Loss of health, loss of wealth, loss of a good grade, a good GPA, whatever. It's a form of difficulty. For a Muslim, every difficulty is a kafara. Kafara meaning an expiation of sin. Because of that difficulty, what will happen? His sins will be erased. Whether or not he expects reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For a Muslim, every musibah is a kafara. But for some Muslims, their musibah can be a kafara and thawab. It can be an expiation of sins and reward. They will also be rewarded for their loss. Why? When? When they're patient and they expect reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So remember that musibah alone will be a kafara. But musibah with sabr, with ihtisab, will not just be a kafara, it will also be, it will also be thawab, ajr, a source of reward. You understand? So when you see someone grieving, when you see someone crying, you say, okay, they're sad, they're suffering, right? Inshallah, their sins are being forgiven through this difficulty that they're going through. But you want the best for every Muslim. So you don't just let them stay in their sadness. You encourage them to be patient. You encourage them to expect reward from Allah so that they can also get ajr. So we see that the Prophet ﷺ, he didn't just pass, he didn't just keep walking, ignoring the woman. Right? She's crying, must have lost a loved one. She's still grieving. Let her be. As we do generally. If we see someone sad, we say, let them be, give them time. The Prophet ﷺ said to the woman, Ittaqillaha wasbiri. We don't know the name of that woman. We don't know who she was. But the Prophet ﷺ wanted good for her. So he reminded her. So from this we learn that when a person is grieving, like for example at the death of their loved one, we say, إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ When we hear the news of the death, then we should send a message of ihtisab to the family. Give them a reminder that expect reward from Allah for this loss. Expect reward from Allah. And this hadith also shows that a woman is by a grave and the Prophet ﷺ did not tell her at this occasion that leave the graveyard. You should not be sitting by the grave. You are prohibited from being here. Correct? So this shows that a woman may visit the graveyard. However, remember that frequently visiting the graveyard is something that is forbidden. Right? The Prophet ﷺ cursed the women who frequently visit the graveyard. And what is meant by that is that every day, you know, it's a routine. Every week, all the time a woman is going and as she goes, she creates a scene, she's crying you know, so that people know about her grief and her loss. And this was something that, that was common in Arab society. This is how they elevated their dead. Or they showed how important their relatives were. 
that when they have died, so many people are crying over them. Even though it's been so many years, we're still crying over them. When you go to the graveyard, do you pray salah, nafil, turaka? No, you don't. Only salatul janazah is allowed. Okay? Only salatul janazah. And that also has to be very soon after the death. Like the Prophet ﷺ went the following day. Or within a few days when he found out about the death of that woman, he went and performed the janazah over there. Right? So soon after the burial, it can be. But after that when you go, like for example, two years, three years, five years later you go visit, just make dua in general. Next, باب غسل الميت ووضوئه بالماء والسدر Now inshallah we will be looking at bathing the dead. How is the deceased supposed to be washed? So here we have the باب غسل الميت Washing the deceased ووضوئه And making wudu for him. How? بالماء with water والسدر And sidr leaves. So a couple of things are addressed over here in this bab. First of all, we learn about washing the dead body. Remember that the ghusl of the deceased is wajib upon those who are alive. It's your duty towards the person who has died to wash them. Doesn't mean that everybody has to, but somebody has to. Some people have to. And ghusl al-mayyit, alright, this means Secondly, that the entire body is to be washed. So firstly, it's an obligation. All right? There are a few exceptions. Like for example, a shaheed is not to be washed. All right? That's a different situation. But in general, every mayyit is to be washed. Muslim mayyit. Secondly, the entire body is to be washed. Ghusl means a bath. And a bath means that the entire body is to be washed. The hair, the face, the feet the entire body is to be washed. Water should reach the entire body and remove any dirt. Then we see here, وَوُضُوِهِ The ghusl also includes wudu. Meaning part of washing the dead is to also doing wudu for the dead person. Meaning their hands up to their arms, up to their elbows are to be washed, right? Their face is to be washed, their feet. A proper wudu is to be performed. And then after the wudu, the rest of the body is to be washed. And then we see, بِالْمَاءِ sidri With water and sidr. What does it mean by this? That plain water is to be used for washing, but not just plain water, sidr also. What is sidr? Leaves. Which leaves? Leaves of, of course, the sidr tree. What is the sidr tree? It's called the jujube, J-U-J-U-B-E. Or the lotus, some translated as lotus, but I don't, what translation do you have in your book? Just Sidr, yeah. Lotus is not the correct translation. But Sidr is a particular tree, and the leaves are available. You can even order them online. And they're actually used for many uh, different purposes. Like for example, if a person is struck by the evil eye, like for example, a person is sick, constantly and you cannot figure out what the reason is. You don't know how and why they're sick. So, and you try different treatments, nothing is working and you realize that it, it's quite possible that this person is under the effect of evil eye. So then, sidr infused water can be used to wash the person who is affected by the evil eye. 
And basically what is done is that the sidr leaves are crushed and they're added to the water or as they are, the leaves can be added to the water and the water is basically, you basically steep them in water like you would make tea. Alright, and then you add it to the rest of the water and then use that for washing. So sidr infused water for ghusl. Now, one thing you should remember is that the purpose of washing the dead, why is a dead person supposed to be washed? The objective is to clean the body, not to purify the body. What's the difference between cleaning the body and purifying the body? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Cleaning the body means removing dirt, removing filth. That is the purpose of washing the dead body. Because it's possible that the person before he died, you know, he was sick for a long time, he wasn't able to even take a shower, right? And I mean, every person on their body is some kind of dirt that comes over time. So, the purpose of washing the dead body is to clean the body, not to purify it. Purification is for the purpose of removing spiritual uncleanliness, you could say, right? In the sense that a purification is to be in a state so that you can worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Like for example, you do wudu in order to pray. You do ghusl in order to come out of the state of janazah or come out of hayb. But that is not the objective here. Because the body of a dead person is not impure. The body of a dead person is not impure. And of course of a Muslim is not impure. So Imam Bukhari brings some proofs over here to show that the dead body is not impure. وَحَنَّطَ بْنُ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا إِبْنًا لِسَعِيدِ بْنِ زَيْدٍ Ibn Umar put Hanut or he Hanata when he was preparing the son of Sa'id ibn Zayd. Meaning when the son of Sa'id ibn Zayd died and Ibn Umar was preparing the body for the burial, what did he do? Hanata. Inshallah, I'll talk about Hanata just now. Wahamalahu and he carried him, meaning to the graveyard. Wasalla and he prayed over him. Walam yatawadda without doing wudu. Meaning, between the ghusl that he gave to the dead body and the salah that he prayed, Ibn Umar did not perform wudu himself. You understand? So basically, touching the dead body or washing the deceased does not invalidate the wudu of the living person. Because we see that Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu, he made his wudu, he went and washed the son of Sa'id, alright, and then he buried him, and then he prayed and buried him, and before the prayer, he did not make wudu. Now, what is Hanata? Hanata, uh, Hanud is basically something that is put on the body for the purpose of fragrance. You see, we're only accustomed to fragrances that are pure fragrance in the sense that you don't apply it on your body for color. Alright? Before, people would apply essential oils and things like that on their body or on their clothes to put color 
on the body and clothes and fragrance. You could say it was their version of makeup maybe. So it had double benefit. Fragrance and color. Hanut on the other hand is just fragrance. No color. Only fragrance. Alright? So from this it is also said that perfume may be applied on the body of the deceased and also the shroud of the deceased. Because Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu did so for the son of Sa'id bin Zayd. وَقَالَ ابْنُ عَبَّاسٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا Ibn Abbas said that الْمُسْلِمُ لَا يَنْجُسُ حَيًّا وَلَا مَيِّتًا A Muslim is not impure, alive or dead. Meaning the body of a Muslim itself is never impure. So even if a Muslim is in a state of janaba, do they become an untouchable? No. If you touch them, if you shake hands with them, or if you shake hands with a woman who is menstruating, does that make you impure? No. Their body is clean. In fact, we learned that Abu Hurairah who once he was in a state of janaba and he was guess, passing by and the Prophet saw him and you know he started walking with him and Abu Hurairah who is you know trying to escape somehow so that he could go take a bath. And uh, the Prophet sat somewhere and some people came and Abu Hurairah who slipped and he came back all wet and the Prophet ﷺ said, what happened? And he said, you know, this is why. And the Prophet ﷺ assured him that the body of a Muslim is not impure. And Ibn Abbas said that the, even the dead body of a Muslim is not impure. You understand? وَقَالَ سَعْدٌ لَوْ كَانَ نَجِسًا مَا مَسِسْتُهُ Sa'ad said, if he had been impure, meaning if the dead body was impure, I would not have touched it. If the dead body was impure, I would not have touched it. Because some people treat the dead body as if it was something untouchable. No, that's not the case. It's a body, right? And it is clean. It is not impure. You can touch it. And if you touch it, if you wash it, bathe it, it doesn't affect, it doesn't nullify your wudu. You understand? And you're not washing it in order to make it pure. You're washing it to clean it, to get rid of any filth and dirt that may have been on the body. وَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ And the Prophet ﷺ said, الْمُؤْمِنُ لَا يَنْجُسُ The believer is never impure. The believer is not impure. So from these statements, it is very clear that the position of Imam Bukhari is that washing a dead person does not require wudu for the person who is washing. You understand? The person who is giving the ghusl does not become impure himself. Alright? And this is correct because the statements of the companions also prove this. And there are some narrations based on which it has been said that it may be mustahab, it may be better for the person who is washing the dead to do wudu. But that is not because the person who was washing the dead became impure by touching the dead person. No. You see, when you make wudu, what happens to you? When you do wudu, what happens? How do you feel? Clean, refreshed, re-energized. And washing a dead person can be very draining. It can be. Because you are touching a person who is no longer alive. Isn't it? So it can be very draining. 
So to refresh the person, this is why they said it is mustahab for him to make wudu, but it is not necessary. حدثنا إسماعيل بن عبد الله قال حدثني مالك عن أيوب السختياني عن محمد بن سيرين عن أم عطية الأنصارية رضي الله عنها قالت سو أم عطية رضي الله عنها she said that دخل علينا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم entered upon us حين توفيت ابنته when his daughter died فقال so he said to us اغسلناها wash her ثلاثاً أو خمساً أو أكثر من ذلك three five times or more than that إن رأيتن ذلك if you see the need for that meaning wash it three times or five times or if you need to do more than that then go ahead and wash her more than that but wash her with what بماء وسدر with water and سدر leaves وَجَعَلْنَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ كَافُورًا And put in the last one, kafur, Meaning in the final rinse that you give to the body, put kafur, أَوْ شَيْءًا مِّنْ كافور, Or something of kafur. فَإِذَا فَرَغْتُنَّ فَآذِنَّنِي And then when you're done with the bathing, then inform me. فَلَمَّا فَرَغْنَا So Ummu Atiyah said that when we were done, آذَنَّاهُ We informed him that we have washed her. فَأَعْطَانَا حِقْوَهُ So he gave us his حِقْو Waist trapper. فَقَالَ And he said, أَشْعِرْنَهَا إِيَّاهُ Shroud her in this. تَعْنِي إِزَارَهُ Meaning his izar. So he gave his izar for his daughter so that she could be shrouded in it. Now, it is said that this was Zainab the daughter of the Prophet ﷺ, who was the wife of Abu al-As, the mother of Umama. And it is said that she was his eldest daughter, and she died in the beginning of the eighth year after Hijrah. So when she died, the Prophet ﷺ told the women to bathe her. Why the women? Because the women are to wash a dead woman, and the men are to wash a dead man. Except in the case of a husband and wife. A husband is allowed to wash his dead wife, and a woman is allowed to wash her dead husband. This is permissible both ways. Basically, the closest people to the deceased are most worthy of washing the deceased. Then we see over here again that washing the deceased is for the purpose of cleaning the body. Because if the purpose was to obtain ritual purity, then the washing would be Maximum three times. Isn't it? When we are supposed to do wudu, how many times do we wash our body? Our body parts. How many times? Maximum three times, right? But here the Prophet ﷺ said, wash three times or five times or more than that if there is a need. Meaning, keep washing until the body is clean. You see, washing yourself you can clean yourself by washing yourself three times. But if you're washing somebody else, and somebody else whom you cannot tell, okay, please lift your arm. You know, like if you're washing a child, you can tell the child, bring your hands forward, bring your face forward. Once or twice, you're done. But washing a dead body, sometimes washing three, five times is not enough. You need to wash more than that. So the purpose is to clean the body. So don't consider the body of a dead person as impure. Then we see the Prophet ﷺ, he said, use sidr. 
Now remember that Sidr water is different from soap. What does soap do to the skin? It dries out the skin, doesn't it? Sidr does not dry out the skin. It's soft on the skin. In fact, it cools the skin and it also cleans the skin. It doesn't damage the skin like soap can. So this is why Sidr water is to be used to wash the body. And then the final rinse is with kafur. What is kafur? It's another leaf, all right, which is well known for its fragrance and also many other properties. And water that is infused with kafur is also like a disinfectant. All right, so the final rinse is with kafur, to disinfect the body almost. And it's also said that it kind of stiffens the body, like it preserves it. So now the body will not begin to disintegrate in front of people or the decomposition process will not be very rapid. So it kind of stiffens the body, hardens the body and it also disinfects it and also uh, there is fragrance in kafur. So kafur can also be used. Now if siddur is not available, can soap be used? Yes. If there is a need, yes it can be. But again, get your hands on these two leaves. Find out where you can get siddur from and where you can get kafur from. You can get dried siddur leaves. You can also get dried kafur leaves. Keep them in your house. Tomorrow if you die, will the sunnah not be followed for you? I mean, we get the most strange ingredients from different parts of the world to beautify our face and you know our body. So make sure that you also have these two kinds of leaves for yourself and your family at least. Inshallah, we'll conclude over here. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk.